And joining me right now is David Martinez. David, thanks again for coming back on the show. Apologies about Friday, man. How have you been? Oh, fantastic, man. Uh, had a pretty good weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, everything's good, man. It's nice and sunny now here in Perth. I mean, we had a couple of days of ter terrible weather and all that. But uh, how's oh, things? <laughs> yeah, good, man. Everything's all sunnier over here. And um, I had, a, had some heavy rain not too long ago, but yeah, all clear now. And that's good to hear. Now, you, David, the reason why I wanted to get you on, man, is because... You just came off perhaps an absolutely impressive win against Dim, Scar uh, Dim Scarlies, which well, I got to watch back again, which I watched back over the weekend again, was absolutely phenomenal. You've come a long way. So without further ado, man, how are you feeling right now? Oh, fantastic, man. Like, it was just a, um, it was a fighter. It was one of those like, you know, bucket list fights. Like, Dim Scarlies is just a man you want to be in the cage with. He's, he's a fun guy and, he always brings the fight. Uh, so, yeah, to be in there with him was fantastic. But to come away with the win is just even sweeter. I understood. And especially for you to end the drought of uh, after just coming off a few, a few hard losses. And they were some spectacular fights. So, still, one thing i got to say about you is that you were very, very entertaining fighter to watch. And then I was looking back at your record, man. You've got some... You had a point in your career where you went 15 straight fights undefeated <laughs> all the way from the amateurs all the way through to your pros. And I had, uh, let's just rewind the clocks back a little bit, a little bit, man, so we can walk through the entire record. Like, uh, how long have you actually been practicing martial arts for from the time you started to the time you had your first amateur fight? Um, so, actually, like, I had my first amateur fight uh, about maybe almost a year before i even started training yeah wow. i just uh you know what i watched that movie never back down i'm like oh this is like a cool sport and i want to give that a shot and got myself an amateur fight with no training brother uh yeah went in like yeah, the result was as you'd expect got absolutely smashed but um uh, just even from that moment i'm like this is freaking awesome so eventually I found myself a gym, started training, and, and the rest took off from there. It's probably been about, I want to say, nine and a half years now. Um, or almost that, maybe. Wait, all of that. Like, just so repeat that again. You just watched the movie never back down. And you're like, no, let's give this a go. And you went straight away into the cage without any like martial arts background at all. No, no, had none, man. Just went in there and got got freaking flogged. And <laughs> little did I know that I ran into who would become, uh, who would go on to become the eternal welterweight champ. And not long after uh, turning pro, after fighting me. So, yeah, I got a rough matchup right off the bat, too. That's crazy, man, because... Based on your record now, for the first, was your first fight recorded against Tristan Murphy, correct? Yes, that's the one. Awesome. And then from there, you fought a, had a draw against Peter Jeffrey. And then after that, yep. you fought Jacob McGoldrick, which was your third fight. And you actually won in the first round as well by Rear Naked Choke. What was through to that whole thing, man? Oh, so um, you mean the fight with Jacob? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
so that was a um was it an amateur cage fighting australia uh, I don't know. I can't remember the name, like, but I remember they had some really cool medals, man. They had like three octagons stacked on each other. I freaking love that medal. Um, yeah, so took that fight, uh, got the win in the first round, and it was um, it's freaking awesome. It was like ever since I'd started, you know, like, to feel the win for the first time. Uh, like, it's it's an amazing feeling for any fighter. Right? Yeah. Now and, that um, was yeah. Go sorry. Oh uh, no, you you can see. Ah, uh, sorry. As I said, that was the beginning yeah. of the fifteen white fight win streak, which mm. is definitely an impressive record. Mm. Now earlier on, we like, I remember last Friday we briefly touched mm. on your background and your training, and in your background, uh, what is it? And you fight out of uh, what is it? Ryan Dunson's uh, Ignite Martial Arts Academy. Throughout this, your whole career, have you always been with Dunson? No, I started off um, in um, Bundaberg under uh, Andrew Humphrey. So I believe I fought out there for about five years. Uh, I want to say it's five years. Yeah, so still still go up there and train with those guys and freaking love them. And a lot of them still come support me in my fights. Uh, so, yeah, always representing Bundaberg with pride, man. That's all good to hear. So how did you come across uh, Ryan Dunstan from Ignite Martial Arts then? Oh, so what happened, man, is I started coming down to um, Brisbane to check out some of the gyms down there, see if I could uh, uh, find a place to train out of. And I, um, I started training with the boys at Gamebred. And um, Ryan actually, well, he's on the Sunshine Coast. He'd come down and he'd do a session at Game Bread at every Tuesday. Yeah, so that's how I met him first. Then one time when I was coming down, I, I didn't have anyone to stay with. The, the usual places I was staying, you know, they were all they either had other guests or other plans going on. So I sent a message to Ryan and said, "Hey, man, I'm not not coming down this week, and got nowhere to stay." And he's like, "Bro, just come stay with me." And I'm like, okay. So went down, stayed with him. And just over time, you know, we developed a good relationship and decided to train under him full time. And because he was, he was a little closer to home. Um, and we just had a good rapport. And long story short, I ended up moving in with the guy and still here to this day. And um, yeah, things have been going great, man. That's good to hear. So then after you started training with him, you started, what is it, incorporating some more, uh, what is it, some more trainers, some more, uh, what is it, supporters into your camp. Obviously you have your Muay Thai coach, uh, Ruin Brian Doyle, and then also you have yes, a boxing yeah. coach, uh, Jimmo uh, Rangis, is that, is that how I pronounce his name? Yeah. So, yes, yeah. Where down the line did those two guys sort of get incorporated into your camp? Yeah, well, it's only been just recent for the both of them. Jim, Jim, at first, and then later on when um, uh, John Martin Fraser joined up um, to get some wrestling with us at Ignite, that's when I met Ryan Doyle oh, and um, went up to his place in Maroochydore to do some pad work with him. And I'm like, damn, yeah, I can definitely pick some things up here. And this, 
like you saw in the last fight, it, it really has worked out. Like they both Jimmo and Doyle have been like putting a lot of work into me and in developing my striking, but they've also like tried not to deviate from my wrestling base, trying to keep that in mind. So yeah, yeah it's been it's been really good, man. Awesome. And now those guys have sort of been part of your camp. I can definitely see that they've, they've definitely been a massive asset for you. Uh, considering that most, what is it, a, a, quite a fair lot of your fights have actually been won by unanimous decision. Now, one thing I'll go back looking for your fights, you know, it's a little bit hard to find footage these days. Uh, but one thing I can definitely say is that you've all, you've had a very, very solid striking background because of the amount of coaches had, but you also had a very solid chin as well. Um, one thing that's really exciting about you is actually like the punishment you can take, man, is unbelievable. Uh, how did you like discover like you come across that you had like a pretty solid chin? <laughs> it's it's not a discovery you, you want to make man <laughs> but uh, very fortunate that i yeah i do have a bit of a granite head in fact like a lot of um a lot of times where there's an impact like uh, like my sparring partners will either end up with hurt hands or if we clash heads like i they've always come off second best uh, like for some i have no idea what it is about but i have a, a cinder block for a head it appears uh, which is a very fortunate thing to have for fighting, but again, not something you, you want to rely on or something you want to really find out that you have. <laughs> understood, understood, man. So, uh, well, so let's just rewind back the clocks a couple of bits. Now, you went pro in 2018 on, which was where you fought your first professional fight, which was Coastal Combat 4 against Peter Templer. Now... From the time you had your literally last amateur fight, which was literally two months prior, and then you had your first pro fight to, again, so you, then you had your first pro fight. Like, can you explain to me what was the situation between there? That Because that is an extremely short period of time to go from one fight to the next. Yeah, well, um, well first, man, shout out to Peter Templer again, and uh, his first professional win on the weekend at XFC. Yeah, like, yeah, freaking awesome work, man. But yeah, back to your question, brother. Um, so the short distance between the fights, well, there was a period like, I think, so that fight, my first six, six or seven pro fights, like all took place within like almost under a year. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I enjoyed keeping myself active and, and as soon as if one fight's finished on my right, on to the next. Uh, and um, I don't know if that's necessarily the best approach, but uh, I was having a lot of fun with it. So uh, just, I found it kept me motivated, kept, just kept the engine turning. Yeah, well, that definitely did certainly pay off because looking at those fights, they came into space of pretty much just over a year in 2019. I mean, we got 2018 in September, 2018, November, 2019, February, then March, then roughly around June, September, November, and December. And then not even that, but then you fought again at the end. The last two were literally within a month apart of each other, literally, which is yes. again, <laughs> extraordinary. And it's because it's very, very, uh, 
rare, especially a space of time, like in between fights, because the amount, when I talk to fighters, the amount of like training they got to go through, the amount of preparation they got to go through, all these people working together in their camp. And to be this active is definitely a very skill on its own. And now, obviously, uh, we are at the end of, you know, coming down to those last few months of 2021. And for someone who's very active, such as yourself, is there anything that you've got planned in these last few months that you're hoping to get onto? I know that you spoke, um, we spoke on Friday. You told me you were getting ready for something already. Is that correct? Yes, I'm aiming to be back on Eternal, man, in November 20th. Mm-hmm. Assuming you know COVID stays away, I get a match up and everything holds together. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to be back in there again before the end of the year. That'd be nice. And um, after that, man, we'll we'll see where the cards fall. Now, coming off your win against uh, Dimps, what has been? This is, so this is sort of a two-part question, but what was the biggest lesson yep. during that fight? And also, what is it that you're most likely trying to improve right now before your next fight? Oh, interesting. Um, I would like to keep working on my striking, man. And and in particular, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'd take away as a lesson from the fight. I'd probably probably take away some lessons in the preparation, but I'd have to, you know, sort of review the process and, and determine what those lessons would be. And so coming up also uh, based on your record, there was one fight that in particular that I was very interested to uh, find out about, uh, mainly because it was hard for me to find footage on. Uh, obviously, when it comes to these interviews, you know, I always like to go back, always like to review footage, break down some notes. There was one I couldn't quite find on, was, which was your, uh, in 2019, at the end of 2019, you fought Blake Donnelly. I hope they pronounced that name correctly. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that fight in particular because that was, according to the records, that was a loss via Dr. Stoppage. Can you just walk through the audience, like, sort of <laughs> what happened and up to that point? Yeah, so basically Donnelly just kept jabbing me in the face and it uh, split, caused a split above my eye. And um, yeah, the ref wasn't too happy about it. He kept, um, he asked the doctor in twice to look at it. Uh, and he just kept, yeah, looking at it. And I'm like, dude, I'm fine. Like, I can see, it's not getting in my eye. Uh, but yeah, eventually he'd had enough and I uh, called a stop to it, I think, at the end of the third round. And yeah, it's, it is frustrating because when we went backstage, the doctor took a look at it and he's like, you know what? I might not even need to put a stitch in this. And I'm like, well, you better, man. Like you called a stop to it. <laughs> like, it's going to need stitches if you're going to stop the fight for it. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. So eventually he put one stitch in and man, I woke up the next day and it was like the cut wasn't even there. They're like, it just healed already. And I'm like, damn. So, yeah, that was a, it was a disappointing stoppage, man, but it is what it is. Oh, that's a very humble way to put it. But did you, what happened then? Did you ever like, uh, did you ever try and protest the uh, stoppage or did you, sorry, appeal the stoppage or was there ever any plans to run the fight back? 
as far as uh, appealing it, man, I don't think there was much we could do with it being in Melbourne. Like it, Melbourne and New South Wales have very different uh, approaches to things compared to the Queensland MMA scene. I think they have different governing bodies. And I don't quite understand what goes on. But so as far as appealing was going, yeah, we weren't going to get far with that. Um, as a rematch, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember there ever being talks of any rematches. Not that I can remember, but I don't know, it's too long ago. I've, I've mm. since uh, lost interest and moved on. Fair enough. So is was this by any chance be like if you were offered the so presented with the opportunity to run this fight back, would you? Oh, of course, man. Like you'd always run um uh, Happy to run any fight back, but um, yeah, at, at the moment, man, I've just got some got my eyes on other things, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. And so now, also, you compete at what is it? You compete at lightweight, and you've competed against multiple multiple organizations. Now, uh, one thing I got to ask is: Has this always been the case for you? Uh, have you all uh, Have you always been at lightweight, or have you ever experimented with different weight classes? Yeah, well, um, I think my first fight was at middleweight, <laughs> which was um, yeah, probably wouldn't do that one again, man. And um, I had a couple at welterweight, but I realized I was significantly undersized. Like when I fought um Peter Jeffrey, I was like, man, I am tiny at this weight class, <laughs> and. I fought twice more at Walter Weight, but it was same day weigh-ins. So, you know, it's basically lightweight without weighting. And then um, after after that, moved down to lightweight. I've been down there for about, what, 16 fights now. Uh, and yeah, I don't really see myself at any other weight class. Uh, lightweight seems to be the, yeah, seems to be the good match. Mm-hmm. And what I was going to say was, uh, what's the uh, weight cut for you like then? Well, it seems to be getting easier every time, man. Like, uh, just, just sort of, like, eventually, like, streamline the process. Uh, you just pick up cool tips and tricks from people and try them out. And it's like, yeah, like, this makes it a whole lot easier. And you know, diet gets better. We actually brought in a um, strength and conditioning and, and dietitian in um, Scott Hibwell from Muscle Heart. And oh, mate, he made my life like so much easier when it came to weight cutting yeah, this time around. Like, I was like, damn, I wish I wish I had him the whole time, man. Like yeah, that guy works wonders. And uh, so can you walk me through the process? Like, uh, how did you come across Scott? And- like you know how uh so what did he have you doing like uh just as a quick inquiry i like to ask is myself i am specifically a strength coach uh so this is the sort of stuff i like yep. to get intrigued about so please uh if you like we could just go into a little bit of detail about how you know how did you come across him and like what did he do for you how it helped yeah man so a um a couple of fighters joined us at ignite and they knew him and so i met him through them and yeah, he just invited me out and said, oh, you know, I'll run you through some, you know, test slips. I'll give you 
a bit of a sample diet and you and try it out. Uh, and I just liked what I was getting from him. Like it felt like it was getting a bit stronger and the, uh, the body weight sort of was coming down a lot easier. And uh, plus like, it's, you know, when you get the nutritionist, it's like, oh man, they're gonna starve me. Yeah, but you end up eating a lot more food and still losing weight. And it's just because they know how, you know, they figure out how your body responds to things and, and what you can and can't have. And yeah, it turns out you can eat like a king and still lose weight. My God, damn. Yeah, but yeah, so that's basically what Scott's been doing for me. He's just been adding a little bit of strength to me and um, keeping my body weight down. And yeah, I'm very happy for that. That's good to hear, man. So, like, uh, because of having your nutrition and having a strength coach as well incorporated, like, uh, obviously now you're working with multiple coaches, you're working, you know, in a couple of gyms. Can you sort of, like, run me through, like, a typical, like, training week for yourself? Like, what do you do each day? Oh, well, each day is always different, man. Like, and from week to week, it can change depending on, you know, who's available and who isn't that week. And... I like I like being able to go to several different gyms, man. Simply because there's there's just like like there are times where other people just don't show up. Uh, like, damn, when you when you have multiple gyms that you can go to, like, there's always someone. There's always someone available to train with, and um, I suppose you get a lot of different looks uh, throughout the week to week basis instead of you know, all the same guys, like because you gotta realize that if you train with the same people over and over, like you start to be a bit more efficient with them and you start to do things, you know, according to their style. Uh, for instance, I used to do like all, most of my training with um, Ben Wall and I absolutely love training with Ben, but then I found that my style was sort of becoming something, you know, to deal with Ben. And then I go in and I'd have my fights and I'm, none of these people fight like Ben. And yet and I've spent the whole training camp and developing a style to deal with Ben just because I train with him all the time. And yeah. And if you start training with like multiple people, you, you try to find ways to get your style to work against theirs uh, instead of like just molding to one person and who you're not even going to be fighting understood so when you run, sort of run through that like uh and you again work with multiple styles and all that what's uh obviously you're working with a few striking coaches uh, I was just hoping we could yeah. like get a little bit more into your your grappling background as well. Like, what is uh, more of your and how grappling has sort of like helped your style in a way? Uh, how grappling's helped me, man. Yeah. So, like, uh, what what's what are you like? Are you doing? Is it something you focus on in terms of like BJJ, or have you gone more like a wrestling mm -hmm. approach? Like, and uh, is that how many, and who's like helping you out with your grappling? Like, so we can get a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, well, I was very lucky, man, because when I met my um my first coach, Andrew Humphrey, up in Bundy, he was really interested in blending jiu-jitsu with wrestling. And that was just like, that was a very powerful combination. 
that I found. And I was very fortunate to get my start with him. And then when I met Ryan, you know, Ryan was also very big on the wrestling and jiu-jitsu being merged. Uh, and again, just got lucky with who I met. Uh, so I've always had a, it's, it's a jiu-jitsu style, but with a wrestling emphasis. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's been a really good combination. And then if I can add, at the striking of Doyle and Jimmo on top of that, like, uh, yeah, it starts to turn into a well-oiled machine, bro. Fair enough. I mean, that makes complete sense because you've got two wins back-to-back in 2019, which you both won by rear naked choke. Uh, one in the uh, third round against Mike Wilkinson, and then also one in the uh, also in the first round against Brenton uh, Mumford, which was again two months uh, two months back to back as well, which is definitely both very very impressive wins. Uh, now, in that time when you were sort of like competing and all that, we also also had was it COVID come around in 2020 as we had last year. Now, obviously, it was a pretty rough time for everyone. You know, obviously, it was was for yourself, such as... uh, So one thing I always like to ask every fighter, because every fighter that I've actually spoken to, they've always found a way to adapt to this unprecedented time that we have right now. Of course, we've still got COVID going on right now, especially for yourself over East. I'm not really following the news, but I'm hearing that it's going down. It's getting a little bit better. You know, there's a little bit of hope. Now we've got the vaccinations uh, rolling through. But I was just uh, sort of hoping you could give me a little bit of insight. What did you do through amongst the whole pandemic to stay, you know, stay in shape, stay in the right mindset? Mindset. Yeah, well, man, COVID was very, uh, it was a very tricky thing because, again, like, especially when you're preparing for a fight uh, and then um, COVID rolls in and they have to, you know, reschedule, shift the dates, like, as well as possible opponent changes. And as a fighter, you do struggle to keep the motivation up because you're used to having that. That fight date is the light at the end of end of the tunnel. You know, it's the it's what gives meaning to all this like real repetitive and hard training. Yeah, but to have it like just suddenly shifts or the opponent change all the time and like yeah, you do, as well as then they bring in restrictions and all of a sudden. You're not allowed to like spar or hit pads with each other. You got to show up at the gym and stay one and a half meters apart, even though you know we can shake hands and say hi. <laughs> um, yeah, it it becomes tricky, but you do have, but you find ways around it. Like that, you get creative, and um, uh, I don't want to mention anything, but like, sometimes you break the rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be telling anyone that. Um, you know, everyone's socially distancing here. We've got masks. Don't worry about that. Anyway, yeah. So you just find ways around it, man. And and people are always willing to help you. Uh, your training partners, your coaches, like they all they all want to get behind you, and um, they want the best for you. So uh, as a team, like you figure it out, man. That's good to hear, Well, because it sounds like you've got a really phenomenal team behind you, you know, the whole work's always paid off and all that. Uh, and I just want to ask, man, like, what's the situation for you like right now? 
over east like is there, i'm sure there's still restrictions in place but uh so we can walk the audience through what's going on at the moment man like our restrictions are pretty light up on the coast like i think still gotta wear masks inside like still gotta check into places and and all that but other than that it's pretty easy pretty chill up here i don't know what it's like in brisbane though if there's a bit more if the restrictions are a bit more heavier down there but it's pretty chill up here and yeah hopefully it stays that way that's good dear i mean it's definitely uh going down there's definitely starting to be a little bit more hope around especially over east and especially in like new south wales and where there's all these like you know we've got these protests going on there's even protests going on here in perth which I think we need to understand we're a little bit more luck, more more lucky than ovaries because considering we haven't had a lockdown for quite some time, but even when it was, it was like a snap lockdown. It was a, for a few days, not like it is ovaries where they've been locked down for over six weeks. Uh, so I can understand that people get a little bit frustrated, a little bit agitated. Uh, yep. <laughs> it was even that way to say like, uh, you seem like you've adapted to it very, very well. And that usually is a very uh, important skill to have, especially when it comes to these unprecedented times. And now during that time, also we had in, also this year, one thing that's uh, been an issue for you is that it's been pretty hard for you to find a fight considering that you had two, two canceled bouts this year. Uh, can you sort of walk me through why these bouts were like cancelled? Was it due to COVID or was it due to other reasons? So the first one would have been with uh, Aiden Aguilera at Coastal. And that was, uh, that was unfortunately due to a rib injury, man. And nothing COVID related there. Uh, the, um, yeah, the others were all all COVID, man. Like, I look at Tapology, I think there's like four cancelled bouts. <laughs> oh my god, jeez. Yeah, that's and yeah, that. And what about the other one against Taylor Kelly? Is that how I pronounce his name? Yes, yeah, that was that was COVID, man. That was, um, uh, we had the lockdowns in Queensland suddenly show up and. So at first they moved the show back about three weeks and they're like, all right, we'll keep that going. But then the lockdowns happened in Sydney and in Melbourne and a lot of the fighters on the card uh, were from there. So they're like, well, we can't get these fighters, so we're going to have to cancel, which was unfortunate because I've since taken the approach that, right, I'm going to fight for Queensland shows and I'm going to get Queensland opponents. And that minimises the chance of COVID wrecking it. And unfortunately, that did not work out for me because the rest of the card was made of New South Wales and Melbourne fighters. And uh, so COVID still got us, man. Okay. And has there been any talks to, you know, reschedule these, uh, reschedule these bouts at all? Or is it still uh, up in the air? Oh, well, everything's kind of up in the air at the moment, man. Like, um, Again, I'm more focused on uh, Queensland-based opponents mm -hmm. uh, for now. Uh, once once the COVID situation is under control, then I'll start looking at you know New South Wales, Victoria. Uh, but and until they get that, that stuff under control, it's uh, it's not worth it. Uh, 
like these lockdowns are just going to keep springing up and everything's going to get cancelled. Uh, just, yeah, or have to find another opponent anyway. So I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm going to stick with Queensland for the next couple of months, man, and hopefully, hopefully the situation clears up. That's good to hear, man. I mean, fingers crossed for you. Hopefully something uh, comes up soon. I'm pretty sure the whole MMA scene like really wants to just get kicked back into it, get back right back into it, especially over East. So we want all the crowds back. I mean, there's been talk. Hopefully, yep. some, hopefully this whole thing dies down. Hopefully people, you know, comply. You know, if they if you want to get the vaccine, you can get the vaccine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, well, uh, well let, let's see. We we'll just see what happens. I mean, I'm not a politician, but. Based on the results which we're getting, especially uh, over east in New South Wales, it seems like they're heading in the right direction. Uh, the next thing I just wanted to bring up just before we finish off the podcast, I mean, we've listed a lot of names. We've listed a lot of names throughout this whole uh, episode. Now, yep. uh, it's the last uh, couple few minutes. I always like to just uh, ask the last guest, is there anyone else uh, who we haven't mentioned that you'd like to thank or any shout outs you want to give, to, especially to any uh, sponsors? Oh man, like uh, first of all, you know, author uh, supply co man, freaking love their stuff, man. Love to train in it; it's fantastic. Like so, big shout out to those guys. Um, I want to shout out to the Angry Baker man, like always giving me uh, the good meat pies and sausage rolls, and even and all the baked goods, man, that I can finally have now that my fight's over. And um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll give a I'll give a quick shout out to my boy Connor Birch, man. Freaking get a massive win over the weekend on Next FC. Yeah, he's one of my one of my main sparring partners too. Freaking, it's nice to see him dust up someone else for a change, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and just you know everyone else, man, who's just you know. There's way too many people to thank, man. Like I have so many people supporting me, like the guys at Ignite, Gamebred, and dudes up at Hellraiser, guys at Tribal. You know, I've got way too many people supporting me, man. Like it's just fantastic. I mean, I'm a very blessed dude, man. That, that's uh, that's good to hear, man. And honestly, man, I just want to say uh, all the best. Hopefully, uh, you know, hope goes up for you. And if we ever get a chance to travel over into Perth, hopefully we can do this uh, uh, with the podcast one-on-one, especially with my uh, co-host, Jack. And hopefully you can get a fight scheduled sometime soon to finish off the year. Honestly, man, all the best. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, my man. Pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, man. You take care, all right? You too, brother.